0: Right here. How are you guys doing this morning? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Was it good so far? Yep. Still going on. We got an arcade in our basement. You did what? We have an arcade in our basement. You know the basketball thing? You see at the arcades? Oh, my goodness. Come on. Come on over and sit. It's all right. Okay, you can stay there. No problem. I'm not going to cause... Okay, I have something I want to show you guys. I love Christmas. I really love Christmas. You guys love Christmas? Yeah. I mean, like, all kinds of things about Christmas. Okay, I've got this little thing here, and I wanted to show you... Uh-oh, I lost something. That's okay. Um, what does that look like to you? Stocking. Stocking? It says, at least, uh-oh, whose did I steal? Yeah, it, this has a special memory for me because way back when we first got married, I think it was the first year we got married, is that right? Okay, making sure I'm right here, which was a long time ago, ancient history for us old guys, but, but way back then, we, we used to work with teenagers in church, and my wife taught teenagers, Right, teenage girls? Yeah, teenage girls. And I keep looking at her because I forget things. But, um, but they, they had this little project and they were going to make ornaments, as I recall. And some of them were bread dough ornaments. This is bread dough which was made back in ancient history the year we got married, okay? Way back in ancient history. So I would not eat it even though it is made of bread dough. All right, it's kind of a, kind of a strange thing. But what's special, really special about this one, and I don't know what happened to mine, which I'm a little bit concerned about, but, it, uh, but the, kind of the way it worked is this one was made this size and mine was like huge, you know, it was like, so it wouldn't hang on the tree very well. But, um, but it's special, it's got a name on it, right? What's your name? Hmm? Dylan? Bobby. Bob? Bob? Bobby. Bobby. Well, you know, you said that funny way. Sorry. Okay, what does your name mean? What's special about your name? I, I know it had something to do with the ocean. I just forgot. No, your son daughter of sea. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The ocean I like the ocean. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, Come on, Bob, why are they named that? It, it meant, it means daughter, of the sea. daughter of the sea. It did have to do with the ocean. Or son of the sea. Son of the sea. Well we'll go with daughter. <laughs> I think we'll go I think daughter's a good idea at this point, but that's all right. I have absolutely no idea. No idea. Don't I? But think about it. Just think about it. Why would you be named Bobby? That might have something to do with it. Might have something. To... What's the deal with this guy? We'll work on it. We'll work on him. Monica, why were you named Monica? Uh, I don't know. I know what it means. What's it mean? Grace. Grace. That's a pretty good name. Got a lot of meaning to it, doesn't it? I have no, clue. no clue. I don't either. Silas. A prophet, Silas the prophet. All right. Now, all of you have a last name, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And why? Because family. Yeah. You guys were here last night. Yeah. yeah. Remember the pastor last night? He talked. He read this long, long, long passage. I mean, long passage. I couldn't even remember half. Yeah, I couldn't remember half the names either, and I looked at them many times. Yeah, so, hey, careful now. Careful, careful. We don't want to get Mike mad at us. Okay, we're all right. So, uh, what, what I wanted to talk about was how important a name is, but uh, just briefly, I wanted to see my wife's name's on here, so that's very important. I always want to have this, because she's special to me, right? Each one of you were named something very special. Really, that's the daughter of the sea. That's pretty amazing. Dylan. I've got to remember that. If I ever have another child, I'm going to name my child that. I was named after okay. that guy. <laughs> Finally, I thought I was wondering if you could figure that one out. Okay, <laughs> I, I kind of figured that. So, names are important. Well, today we're going to talk about names, and I'm going to talk about name in the, pas- in the passage today. But names are important. Jesus' name was important, did not it? So we're going to talk about that in a little while. But the fact that this day was a day that they said Jesus was going to be born, uh, that the prophecy was about him coming, and they were going to name him. You know what they were going to name him? Anybody know? Jesus. Was it Jesus? Um, mm. What's the know. name Jesus mean? Ah, uh, means Christ. It means the 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 the, the, the 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 savior. Yeah. Ah, you are so right. It's the savior, Save, He, Jesus, the savior. He saves the world. The savior of his people. Jesus or Joshua. All right, let's just thank God that he came today, or he came into the world, and today we celebrate his coming. Can we do that? Pay attention to my message, so you guys have to sit in here this week. All right, so pay attention. I got some things more to say about the name that Jesus was going to be named, which, by the way, Jesus was not the first name that he was going to be named. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much that, uh, that you sent Jesus into this world, Lord, that we could have life. Lord, it's such a special thing. Each one of us has a name that's special, it has meaning, but ultimately, we want to be named in you as followers of Christ, Christians, uh, those who follow Jesus. We pray that you would help us to do that, each one that's here today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can go back to your seats. Don't let me forget the hook fell off of that. It will land in somebody's laundry. Um, so, it's it's Christmas time, right? Great time. Why I should have this on my ear. You know, I, I do think like about that. I've been jinxed. It, it, it's, it's Ethan's fault. Because he asked me, Does, do these things bug me? And I said, no, not at all. Now, now they bug me. Okay, <laughs> Christmas is a great time. I want us to talk today about Christmas, um, experiencing God with us, all right? Um, you see, experiencing God with us, that's what Christmas is all about, experiencing God with us. Think about that for a moment. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, experiencing God with us. So let's go to the passage. I'm going to go straight there today um, because I did the children's sermon. Uh, But I want to invite you to Matthew chapter 1. And I I remember when uh, Mike was preaching last night when he read the passage, and I sent Mike a comic strip uh, because I felt like he deserved it um, out of last Sunday's paper. Does anybody remember seeing last Sunday's comic strip of of, uh, Peanuts? But in in last Sunday's paper, it it had um, Linus going through, and and you know how Linus does the the scene in the Bible, and you know, in in Peanuts uh, Peanuts Christmas, or Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, you know, Linus reads through the passage about the birth and all of that. Well, in this particular version, he chooses, instead of the Luke version, he chooses the, the Matthew version. And so he reads the genealogy from beginning to end, and and at the end of that, uh, uh, Lucy, of course, being sensitive gal that she is, she said, why didn't you just start with Genesis? And I, I, so I, I thought about that last night as Mike was reading, um, and uh, uh, he didn't think that was funny when I gave that to him. In, in Matthew chapter, chapter 1, um, beginning of verse 18, the scripture says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, Now, it was all prefaced, remember, by that genealogy. That's why the genealogy is important, because where we come to at this point. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold... which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you teach us through it. We pray that we would listen and understand and obey as Joseph did. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I, it's really terrible, my, my mind doesn't work always right. Somebody prayed for me to have clarity, and I really appreciate that, Alex. Um, but I didn't have clarity when I was in the children's sermon. I meant to read the passage out of, um, out of Isaiah that, where that came from. But let's just talk about this for a moment. Experiencing God with, uh, with us can be uncomfortable, confusing, and demanding. You know, we talk about Jesus being God with us, Emmanuel, and that's, it's, that sounds really nice, God with us, doesn't it? Until we start thinking about who God is, and we might begin to feel a le- little less comfortable. I, I look at Mary and Joseph as normal human beings. How many of you do that? They're, they're normal human beings, right? They're normal human beings. They're, they're, they're very normal with very unusual, a, a, a very unusual and unique experience. I find it significant that Matthew says very little about Mary in this context. You know, we talk a lot about Mary, don't we? we the church has, has kind of traditionally kind of put Mary up here in a big, in a big place in our, in, our, in our world, in our religion, in our faith. But the Bible actually doesn't say very much about Mary. Most of what we know about Mary, we don't really know. It's things that have, have been created to talk about her. Um, if, it, if, it, if it weren't for Luke... We actually would know nothing of her encounters with, with uh, the angel and, and later Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And therefore, let, let's allow the Holy Spirit just today, let's let the, not just today, but let's allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us as he inspired, his, I'm sorry, his inspired word is written through Joseph's perspective. Look at this. Take a note of this passage. Now, once again, we know very little about Joseph. How many of you spend a lot of time thinking about Joseph? Now, if you're about to have a baby, right, you start thinking about being a daddy, right? He's kind of thought, yeah, I got to be a dad. I, mean, I speak from a man's perspective. We don't even worry about the woman. I mean, that's, that's, that's her problem right now. But we're thinking about being dad, right? I'm going to be dad. What's a dad think about? How I'm going to take care of this family. You know, I, I remember the panic I had when we brought Caleb home with us, and, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we're all alone. It's just us and this baby. He's a big baby today, but he was a little baby then. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, but we know very little about Joseph the carpenter. And in fact, we, we hear about him at the, in the birth narrative. And when Jesus turns 12, after that, Scripture is basically silent on Joseph. And so what happens in the church is we start speculating that maybe Joseph died. He must have been an old man or something like that. But we don't know. We don't know what happened to him. And many have speculated about him. Though What what kind of father he was? What kind of training he gave his son? How he related to God? How he related to Mary? Now we know he had other sons and daughters, but but little is known about them either. They don't really talk about those sons and daughters. Except they show up once trying to get Jesus uh, away, along with his mother. Now Matthew lets us know that Mary was a young lady engaged to be married to Joseph. She was likely in her teens because they got married. Can you imagine that? Yes, think about that. The legal marriage, marrying age was about 12 or 13. So many people kind of speculate that that maybe she was as young as 12 or 13. I don't think so. But probably a teenager. Very likely a teenager. But that's just conjecture. the challenges she has to face lead me to believe that God in His sovereignty would place this calling on someone already showing some strength and faithfulness. That's the way I see it. You know, so there's, some, there's, something, there's been some growing going on in her relationship with God or her understanding of God and her faith. Um, when Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, that kind of creates a significant problem in their relationship, right? I mean, wouldn't me, I mean, if if Elation said, hey, I'm, and by the way, I'm pregnant, I would like, yeah, well, we got real problems here because uh, I'm not the dad, you know. Until we got married, of course, then that changed. But... They were legally bound to each other. They were engaged, but legally bound. Their marriage situation, their engagement was different than ours. We can get engaged, break an engagement, get engaged, break an engagement. And uh, I remember back uh, when I was young, I knew females who were collecting engagement rings. I mean, they, I mean, they had literally a collection of those things. And, they, and uh, they wear one on every finger. It was pretty nice, you know, um, except for all the guys who were kind of losing a lot of bucks. But, uh, but in those days, you, uh, if you break this relation, it required a legal action. It required a divorce. And so this was not a small matter for them. And there, there, Now, there are two basic views, and this is gonna, I'm going to really bug you a little bit today. Is that okay? I just want to bug you a little bit as we celebrate Christmas. There, there are two basic views of Joseph's dilemma. They hinge on how much Joseph knew about Mary's story regarding the angel's visit and, and what is meant by Joseph being a righteous or just man. And this this story has always bugged me. For years, I've, I've been bothered by the actual text of verse 19. Look at verse 19. He says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man, a just man now, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, on the surface, we kind of just skim right by that. But if you think about it, it's got to bother you just a little bit. What relationship does being righteous or just have to do with Mary's potential shame and impending divorce? I think of a just man... As somebody who looks at the law and sees that it as important to obey it, that's how I look at it. Or a righteous man is somebody who is very meticulous about keeping the things that God intends. What does God's law say if she is if she is found to be with child, pregnant, or if she's found to have a relationship outside of her marriage? She is supposed to be what, what, stoned? The law said to be stoned. Now, just to give Joseph some room for thought, if he was really, really meticulous, he would be thinking in those terms. Now, fortunately for women of that day, and maybe men as well, uh, they weren't doing so much stoning during those times, even though these things were happening. However, it did happen, or else we would not have had that situation where Jesus was put on the spot regarding the woman caught in adultery. You remember that one? Okay, okay. So there was a point where that kind of decision was being made that should we stone her, should we not stone her? So, if Joseph is a just man, wouldn't he see it as a righteous act to follow the law and publicly divorce Mary? Wouldn't that be the righteous act to do? So why would it be troubling him? As a just man. After all, this is the worst situation an engaged man can imagine. Jesus hasn't yet turned the tables on the definition of righteousness. That hadn't happened yet. I mean, we do see a change when Jesus gets on the earth, but, but not yet. Perhaps the righteousness had more to do with the confusing and uncertain revelation of the divine origin of Mary's pregnancy. Was Joseph reacting to the possibility that Mary's incredible story was actually true? That might be a little different perspective than you traditionally think about. And I don't, I don't mean to be weird here, as it, it is a legitimate Interpretation. I just kind of want you to think about it for a moment. Maybe, maybe he didn't feel right uh, uh, taking. And this is the way I began to see it years ago, but I kept hiding that from everybody else. But I'm sharing it with you, so you're the first. My wife doesn't even know I think this way. Maybe Mike, is back there, thinking, I wish he wouldn't talk about this stuff. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't feel right taking the Messiah's mother to be his wife. Now, wouldn't that be a more righteous act to say, I'm not worthy to father the Son of God. I'm not worthy to be married to the mother of the baby that belongs to the Holy Spirit. I always wonder, because what did she tell him? Who was he to raise the Son of God? You've heard those beautiful songs about, (laughs) what am I supposed to do? How do I raise this child? There's some great songs about that. Living the life of following God is uncomfortable. It doesn't always look like a place we want to go. I don't think that Joseph was really excited about this moment. Um, I'm not sure Mary was excited about it. It was not the most comfortable thing for her, was it? She was identified and labeled as a harlot, as a slut, as as someone who had committed adultery. An illegitimate mother. And yet, that's God's plan for her. When when God starts to show us a way to fit in with what he is doing, we can be quite confused. At at first, it doesn't make sense from our vantage point, right? Right? When God starts explaining, saying, I want you to do this. However, when God is at work, he begins to bring things into focus. And we see that our involvement in his work is what? Demanding. Costly. It isn't what we thought it should be. We will have to take actions that, that will tax our faith and our energies. Well, enough of that. Let's talk about the Christmas gift. This is Christmas, right? I just mess with your mind, and you can just play with that for the next 20 years and go back to your happiness. Um, Experiencing God with us is the gift of God revealed in the name. He he, he revealed it in his name. Look, Look what this says. Verse 20, right? We the verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, by the way, this is how Joseph repeatedly hears from God. But it, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the, the Lord had said, spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, by the way, he tells us, God with us. Joseph is completely messed up. <laughs> he's messed up, he's jacked up, he is in trouble. He doesn't know what to do. He's got this Mary thing, and he's got his life, and he's he, this. It's probably his one last chance. So, so, so he's kind of in a hopeless situation. So he does what you or I would probably do. He goes to bed processing this information. All of this is going through his mind. Doubtless, he he had a rough night. I don't know about you, but I don't sleep real well when I've got a big, big thing happening where I'm having to make some decisions, and. Uh, His life is ruined. Prospects for a happy life are not looking good. No matter how it works, he's not looking at a happy future. The woman he was going to marry, not the woman he thought she was. Whether he marries her or doesn't marry her, that's always going to cloud his life. While in this state of mind, an angel appears to him in a dream. This is the first time for him, but, but not, not for Mary. She had already seen the angel. But this is not the last time for him. He will continue to receive some direction from God through an angel uh, meeting with him. Keep in mind, angels, according to the Scripture, are always depicted as men, frightening men. So this angel in the dream may not have been the most pleasant experience for him either. But the angel addresses him by name that that, and that, that should remind him of his biblical, quali- by, sorry, a name, that, that should remind him of his biblical qualification for the role he is about to play. Jesus, or Joseph, I mean, son of David. Joseph, son of David. All male descendants of David were aware that they could be the source of the fulfillment of the prophecy of all, uh, all, all for the nation of Israel. And so they're looking at that. All of them would be aware. They'd be talking about that. That would be common knowledge. But Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. The angel confirms the Holy Spirit is the origin of the child in Mary's womb. And he says, marry her. Marry her. Do it. Take the son as your own. Give him a name. Now, now, isn't this interesting? He told Joseph to give him a name. Joseph had nothing to do with this baby coming into the world, and now he is given the task of naming him. He says, "Give give him a name. Not just any name, Call him Jesus. Call him Jesus. Names in biblical times revealed meaning. That's why I asked the children about names. You know, if you, What I wanted to read them was the passage where he said, and his name will be called, what? Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. The passage that Walt read last night. Uh, Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Eternal Father. Prince of Peace. Wow, that's a lot of names. Try to put that on your driver's license. I mean, that would be a tough thing. But there's all these names he put out there for him. And, he, and, and this is going to come to mind now. He said, but he gives him a special name. Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. God saves. Or as Annika said, Savior. Savior. In Philippians, the scripture tells us, therefore God also highly exalted Him and and has also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That day is going to come. And this is the baby that's being born. The Jewish hope was in the Messiah coming to save them. Yes, they understood Jesus. They understood that He was going to be called that. So they knew this promise. And even Joseph would know this promise. But they believed that this Messiah was coming to save them from their enemies and set up an everlasting reign here on earth. What they did not consider was the promise that He, and only He, would save them from their sins. And this is a new thought. He's going to save them from their sins. Not just save them, but from their sins. And this is an important understanding that Matthew will spend, really, the rest of his writing in, the, in, in all the book of Matthew to bring home. Anyone, by the way, besides me, get bothered by the apparent contradiction? Do you, do you like, bug, get bugged about things? I get bugged about things in the Bible, and I have to find the answer. We just, what what does it say down here? Verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Jesus? Find out if you're with me or not. No. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Does that bug you? I mean, right there in Matthew, he says, name him Jesus, but they're going to name him Emmanuel. What are we missing here? Meaning. God with us. God with us. Hmm. You see, the prophecy that out of Isaiah said they will call him Emmanuel. God will be with us. It was a great promise. The second one, though, is after, after all, God uh, with us is hard to read into God saves. I don't think those two can be the same. But the first name, Reveals his role in coming. God saves. He's going to save us. The second one, the second name, reveals his character or nature, the nature of his coming. He will be with them during those 33 years that he's walking the earth. And according to the last chapter of Matthew, notice how Matthew bookends this, okay? And, and I think Mike read that last night. Somebody read that last night. He will be with his people to the end of the age. God with us. You See, God is with us forever, always. And Matthew, Matthew makes that very clear in his book. To me, the Christmas gift that I see year-round is Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. I cannot imagine a better gift or a better hope. So if the life of following Christ has some discomfort, some confusion, Difficult demands, I, I at least know that he has my sins and failures covered. I'm really happy about that. And he is right there with me. He never, never, never leaves me. He never forsakes me. That's Christmas. Every day author Dan Schaefer wrote, ironically, in those times when it least feels like Christmas, it might be most like Christmas. When nothing seems comfortable or normal or familiar, we are closer to experiencing the purpose of Christmas than at any other time. We are near the true Christmas spirit than we could ever imagine. It's not the easy times that we sense most the presence of God. It's when we're going through a difficulty or a trial or an uncertainty or a doubts of faith even. <coughs> Christmas gift, Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with you. He's with us. Father, we come before you and we are so grateful to you that you sent Jesus to be with us. We thank you for Christmas, that we are reminded by the gift-giving back and forth, back and forth, of the greatest gift, that you're with us. So we pray that tonight, today, that we would respond to that throughout the day, that we would be sensitive to what you've done. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.